it, and Roy's got to take his shirt off to get started. <laughs> it was really, it was so <laughs> cold in here all day, and now I'm doing this. I'm like sweating. Since I'm in my basement, like now it's like warm down here. Usually it's like <laughs> 65 <laughs> degrees. Three See, dudes I, on a Zoom call just heats up quick. See, I have no re- I have no right to complain. I'm over here. I was out at open mic bitching about how cold it was, and I'm sure it's much colder where you guys are. So, oh yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. 45 here, and I'm like, fuck. It was 20 degrees in Ohio this morning. Oh god, man, I can never. Yeah. I'm a Southern California boy. I can't do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right, cool. Let's talk some older gods. <clears throat> hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. I am your co-host today, Kevin, here with some friends of mine. And we're doing something a little different today. Uh, this is going to be more of a straightforward review uh, of a film that was actually sent to Midnight Terrors uh, by a film company. And we are very happy and honored to be doing this review today. I believe the company is uh, Wagyu Films, is how it's pronounced, Uh, W-A-G-Y-U Films, so check them out. We are very happy and excited to be reviewing their new film, Older Gods, which is just released on streaming this year uh, and is getting getting ready for a physical media release as well, and uh, we're going to do a review of that tonight. So I'm here with some friends of mine, some co-hosts that I love dearly. I want to welcome back to the show uh, ZC Kroll. Zach, what's up, brother? Hey, Kevin. How are you? Thank you for having me back. It's, it's I'm good, man. I'm uh, I'm glad to have you on always. Uh, this was kind of a last-minute addition here yesterday. I was not sure if you were feeling better, but I'm glad you're doing better and happy to have you here. I feel great. I feel great about being here, and I feel great about you asking me to be here. It's all great. Hell Yeah. And then we're here with the trifecta. We've got our Jacob Honeybrook, Roy, back again. Roy, always a pleasure, my friend. What's up, man? Thanks for having me back. Always happy to be here. It's been a while. It has. It's been 24 hours. (laughs) That's too long to go without Kevin in my life. Oh, well, I appreciate it. Likewise. But uh, so we're here tonight. Uh, I wanted to get Roy and Zach on to help me with this and be a part of this review because... They were part of the reanimator episode where we talked about Lovecraft horror. And we're diving into that again tonight with our review of Older Gods. So um, Older Gods was sent to us by Wagyu Films uh, representative Holly. So thank you to Holly for sending this our way. Um, She was very lovely and very nice enough to send us a screening link to the film Uh, as well as a press kit and some behind-the-scenes information about the film and uh, asked us to do a review of it. So that's what we're going to do. We are going to keep it spoiler-free tonight because we are definitely wanting people to go watch the film and go in not knowing every detail like we would normally do on an episode. So this is going to be more of a straightforward review about the film, the filmmaking, um and just our overall thoughts and definitely go check out the film uh available to rent on amazon prime i believe it's on tubi as well and be on the lookout for that physical media release so uh without further ado let's dive on into older gods so uh zach roy the way i want to start this is just our overall like summarized thoughts on the movie um because we all watched the screener copy Um, And we all had a chance to sort of prep and think on it for about, you know, a day or so. 
So let's go around. Uh, Roy, let's start with you and just uh, a brief summary of what you thought of Older Gods. Okay, so I enjoyed it. I thought that one of the cool things was that you wouldn't see a movie like this made by Hollywood, which is one of the cool things about independent filmmaking is that you can see all these different ideas come to life in a uh, in a way that you wouldn't see on on you know your typical horror movies that are mass produced or whatever so i enjoyed it i thought it was a good story that kept me intrigued constantly thinking like where is this going what's going to happen here there um and i thought it was really well done and one thing i commented on you was i love the production and camera work and the technical aspects of this one um so overall really enjoyed it i thought it was like they described it's a slow slow burn but i never thought it was boring at any point because it always does keep you wondering what's going to happen wondering where it's going um thinking about like what is all of this so yeah i mean overall i i thought it was a really well done enjoyable movie for sure awesome uh zach your thoughts buddy yeah i completely agree with all that roy um this like ticked all the boxes for me for like a good indie horror film. Um, I I like movies that like make the most out of the budget they have. I think I was reading about this. I think the budget was like a million dollars. And like, this is just as good as anything that you would see from like a 24, which, you know, I think some of their budgets are like a million dollars, you know, some of their smaller ones, but like, this was like, for me, this is like a perfect Lovecraftian slow burn. Um, just, you know, it's just everything I love about indie horror. Like it's perfect, and it's a great little like gem that you can find on Tubi. Like you said, it's on Tubi and Amazon. Like this is the stuff I love finding just randomly when I'm like scrolling through there. You know, you know, like maybe eventually I would have found it had you not invited me on and told me about it, Kevin. But like now that I've seen it, it's like yeah, of course if I had found this, I would have loved it. Like this is totally up my alley, and yeah, so I totally dug it. That's awesome. Uh, and we're three for three on this. Um, I also really loved this movie. Um, I got the feeling watching this movie that I got from the first time that I saw Ari Aster's work with Hereditary and Midsummer. Um, and I also liken it to uh, Robert Eggers with The Witch and, um, you know, The Lighthouse and, you know, things of, of that nature. Um, I think that this movie is definitely very original, um, while also giving you like, you know, throwbacks and tastes of, of horror that has come before, um, with where the story goes and the story elements that are used. Um, I think it's very true. We mentioned it, that it's Lovecraft horror. Um, I think it's spot on representation of, you know, Lovecraftian horror. You know, when we did our reanimator episode, I came in, you know, telling you guys I wasn't too familiar with what that genre of horror entailed. Um, so being educated by you guys on that and doing an episode on that specifically, uh, I was catching on to that stuff the more I watched this movie um, with the themes and the way the story plays out. Uh, and I think it's a fantastic film. And what really drives the execution home for me is, like you said, Zach, they do things that I think are like miraculous with the budget that they have, um, especially when it's big set pieces. 
But also, Roy, you and I talked about this. The film is just really, really well acted. Uh, yeah. Everybody brings their A game. Uh, so kudos to the cast here because all of their dialogue and all of the things they go through are very believable and very grounded. And I feel every word that they're saying. Um so yeah, that's it's a fantastic film. I was really, really impressed with it. And uh I'm happy that we get to talk about it tonight. It's definitely one that's gonna be added to my rotation of of films that I that I watch, you know, that I go continuously go back to. And and uh, you know, like you said, Zach, I think that people are gonna stumble onto this, hopefully by listening to us, but also just finding it on streaming and they they just need to be enveloped by the film and just you know give it a watch uh and just you know be consumed by it because it definitely sucks you in so that's our overall thoughts on the movie so now we're going to get more specific we'll still be spoiler free of course because we don't want to ruin it the experience for anyone but uh we're gonna i guess dive more into really specifically what we liked about different aspects of the film because there's a lot to dive into there's the look of the film uh the cinematography the themes the acting the screenplay there's a lot to dive into so uh roy it looks like you had something you wanted to say so you want to kind of kick us off here oh yeah i was going to uh just comment when you're talking about the acting this is very much a one-man show for the most part there are other actors but predominantly the first half to three quarters of the movie there's one guy in a house and to me this is a movie about grief it's a movie about guilt and how he conveyed it with minimal dialogue and just his expressions and his feelings really coming through you really believed that this guy was going through something like you could very much relate to him and, and see that he was in some sort of pain or torment. Yeah, he's a great actor in this. I agree. And like for for that part, like he he you had he has to carry the entire movie essentially, and like he totally does it. Like I was with him from beginning to end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the actor Rory, who plays our main character Chris, um, is phenomenal, and you know to deliver like just straight monologues um with like to, to like to be able to deliver lines on your own when you're not bouncing off of another actor is uh you know be like beyond difficult <laughs> like i can imagine because you have to convey everything yourself um and there's another actor in the film who does that same thing um main character chris's buddy uh that disappeared um when he like his whole character is on a computer screen you know like reading like his findings to chris um and again i just i'm so enveloped by them talking like just with what they're saying it just builds the the mythology of the of the movie really really well and they execute their dialogue 100 percent um yeah I, yeah I like um how the friend because you're talking about him without spoilers i'm trying not to but like how we get the information of what's going on kind of in the story 
I like how that's presented and it's totally believable. Like kind of like the, the lore that you were saying. Like it really sucked me in. Like, like I'm really believing like that this guy had gone through this and he's explaining this to his friend and yeah, yeah they I, do. I, I was really in, into it. Yeah. They do a really good job at, so this movie's not very long. It's like 80 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Um, minus credits. It's probably 75 minutes long. Um, so it's a feature film, but they don't have a lot of time at the beginning to like, or in general, they don't have as much time as films like this normally have to sort of endear you to the characters. You think of like Hereditary Midsummer; those movies are like two and a half hours long, um, you know, to like really draw out the character, character development, but they give you a lot at the beginning to like sort of endear you to Chris. You know, you find out what his home life is like. You find out, you know, that he has a job, but really that this tragedy with his friend like really messed him up. And he just, I mean, we all, we've all had that right to try to, you know, get away from, from what we're dealing with. And we just need to be alone with our thoughts for a while. Yeah. Um, so I really like this character. And again, the actor Rory does a fantastic job um at making you care about him um and yeah so i mean i can't say enough good things about the acting everybody brought it even characters that aren't on screen that are like just through phone dialogue uh or that are voiceovers are like very present in the film at the same time um in in particular a a voiceover oh sorry roy oh no i was just gonna say i was thinking that too because in the first couple minutes of the movie, he's on the phone with his brother and his wife's calling him. And you never see these people, but it's very much believable that they they are freaking out because when he went back to Wales, he just kind of picked up and left and didn't really tell anyone where he was going. Yeah. Uh, and in particular, there's, again, we're going spoiler free, but a voice that comes over everything later in the film that's like pretty much just a voiceover is very very ominous and creepy and i liked it a lot it's not even on screen for the most part um but man does it convey a sense of dread whenever it comes around um so yeah i mean i don't even know what else to say the acting was just phenomenal man like i cared about every character that we were introduced to um but chris like you said roy he has to spend so much time by himself like sometimes not even talking just conveying like expressions of fear when he's looking at something outside his window um, and just having to sit with his thoughts and and deal with circumstances around him. It's crazy how, how good he does. Yeah. It's like a, it really adds to the acting and to his talent and to his credit when you can really portray a character with very few lines or very little dialogue it really adds to the expressionism of it and the body language of them. Yeah. And so I mentioned before something that I want to dive into um, for a second. I mentioned before there's scenes of Chris conveying fear when when he's looking at something terrifying out his window. We got to talk about that. I don't know about you guys, but this movie scared the shit out of me. There were a couple of scenes in this where I was like, oh, damn. Okay. Yeah, they're really like they're not kidding around. No, there's 
So Holly messaged me and said, you know, was kind of explaining the film and saying that it was a slow burn, that it relies more on creeping dread than than jump scares. And she was saying, hopefully that's up your alley. And I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I love that stuff, especially when it's well done. But the creeping dread is there. But damn, dude, the there's some jump scares in here that got me good. And I will tell you, the way I watched this film was on my laptop that I'm using right now. And in my spare room in my house, I turned off all the lights around me and I put these exact headphones on so that I could like just be enveloped by the movie. Um, possibly a mistake because it terrified me <laughs> to no end. Uh, and the sound design is really well done in the film too. And I was telling Roy this, there's there's parts in the movie where there's little whispers or hushed sounds or tones in the mix and at one point there was like a like a knocking sound and i thought someone was knocking on the door at my house like to the room to get my <laughs> attention i took my headphones off i opened the door and nobody was there <laughs> yeah i i know exactly what you're talking about i loved that and i loved um like some of the editing like there were quick cuts to things instead of it being like jump scares it would just like quick cut to something and then cut back mm. Yeah, if that makes any sense, like to, to something like very like brutal looking, like just kind of like cutting to it and then cutting back to like the normal thing that you were watching. Mm -hmm. I was just like, man, this is like really good. Yeah, to totally up my alley. Like I was saying, like very yeah, yeah, yeah. like ho what Holly was warning you about, like, you know, if you don't mind, it's very slow, you know, but that's I love that stuff. Like, yeah, no, I, I have 24 no... like aesthetic and yeah. Yeah, I have no problem uh, with a slow burn. I, I love when a slow burn is executed well. Um, and uh, I got to say, I, sp I said sound design. I am a sucker for horror scores. Yeah. And holy hell, the music in this is great. Yeah, I mean, that that's part of it. The music, the sound, and you combine it with the visuals. I just keep going back to the word atmosphere as it creates just a great atmosphere for this type of horror, this more emotional, dramatic horror that they were going for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it uh, adds a sense of dread throughout the entire thing. That's like pitch perfect for the tone mm -hmm. that it's going for. And that's such one of the important factors of horror is that sense of dread. You yeah. want there to be a little bit of unknown. You want there to be a lot of unease, not being sure what's going to happen next. Yeah, you're right. not entirely sure what's going on, but you know it's not good. Yeah, that's one of the things <laughs> I loved about this movie that I thought it executed really well. Yeah. That's that Lovecraftian kind of flair where you're not quite sure what's going on, but you just know that it's it's beyond you and it's not good. It's forces beyond your control and understanding. And I don't know if that's like spoiling stuff, but... No, not at all. No, they introduced <laughs> Lovecraft stuff pretty early on. And that's I true, yeah. about I don't know about you guys, but did you see that coming? Because I was totally taken aback whenever all the cosmic stuff started happening. I was like, whoa, <laughs> what, I, what is this? I didn't know to what scale we were going to go into that, but I had a feeling because I was told by Holly that it's Lovecraftian base and the trailer mm -hmm. kind of shows you glimpses of that uh, without getting too much into it. And when I say I didn't know to what scale, I don't necessarily mean that it's the whole movies like that. It's just, it's, it's there in the trailer and then it's up to you to take the ride with the film and find out like to what ends it's going to go. 
Um, and yeah, Ryan, I didn't, yeah, like visually, I didn't know how far it was going to go there. It was more like psychologically, like it was more in your mind than it was like stuff that you're seeing. Yeah, it was like a mixture of cosmic horror meets psychological like thriller, which I thought was really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um, I, I went into this blind. So, Kevin, I was telling you in the beginning, I was in the opening credits. I'm like, is this going to be like a, a 15 or 1600s history horror movie like The Witch? Because I wasn't big on The Witch. And it is not like that. <laughs> it is in some ways. Um, but to me, I enjoyed this a lot more than I did that one. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I, that's actually shocking to me because that seems like that would be a movie up your alley. But uh, maybe that's just me. I love The Witch. Uh, that was kind of my introduction to what people would call elevated horror. Um, and I feel like it was probably that way for a lot of people because that was like the early wave of that about seven or eight years ago when that happened. Um, and I remember being in the theater for The Witch and like the movie ended and people were booing the screen. <laughs> saying like, harsh. going to get my money back. <laughs> I was like, you guys are crazy. But I want to say that so yes there is a cosmic horror element to it and zach when you telling me like what the budget was on the film i wondered you know with with it being an indie horror movie how they were gonna execute that what their approach would be to the cosmic horror element i think they did outstanding oh like, yeah I, th I think the visuals of the cosmic horror stuff and the way it's all portrayed and conveyed through like dialogue and visuals is like genius yeah, I think it's like really smart filmmaking. Like they figured out how to show you a lot without really showing you anything. You mm -hmm. know, like just stuff as simple as like sketches of things. Like it, it puts those ideas in your mind of of imagining a world that you're not actually seeing on the screen, but like you get ideas of like you know just quick shots of things and right. Yeah, and yeah, cool. it was definitely a less is more approach, and they pulled it off so well. I mean, if you don't have the budget to do all this crazy stuff i think they did it in the best way possible because it was it looked great it added to the movie as far as like the intrigue goes and i liked it too because they didn't just give everything away like yeah. you got glimpses yeah. and you got the sketches but you were never really sure what you were seeing yeah yeah and so we've 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 danced around it a little bit and I imagine this will probably be a big focus of the review, but it's a Lovecraft horror movie. We've touched on that already. And I want to throw the ball to your guys' court with this. As you're more familiar with Lovecraft horror, like for me, I was picking up on the themes that we talked about in the Reanimator episode, that fear of the unknown and this evil being unknowable, like uncompre, like not being able to comprehend it. And, you know, for people listening, if you're wondering what Older Gods is about, we kind of mentioned it, but quick little synopsis. Chris is our main character dealing with the loss of his friend. And, you know, his friend was kind of going through some stuff. Everybody just kind of wrote it off that he was kind of mentally unstable. Uh, but Chris starts to find breadcrumbs that maybe there was something to what his friend was saying and what his friend was was fearing maybe happening. So Chris goes to the countryside and wants to investigate what happened to his friend and finds that there's something sinister going on in that countryside. Uh, and that's the best way to sum it up without giving anything away. 
Um, so I imagine that a lot of the focus on the show will be how they convey the Lovecraftian themes. And I'm going to throw that to you guys. But before we do that, can we just talk about how great this set is, this farmhouse that he's in? Yeah, so I just wanted to say that, Kevin, I was telling you that this is just a nice movie to look at. The 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 picture is just, I don't know, it just looked very crisp. Um, the camera work and cinematography were great. The way they would shoot things, they'd put certain objects in the foreground, characters in the background, like vice versa. It was just a cool movie to look at let alone you know watch the whole way through yeah there are several shots where i was like damn this is like i can't believe this was only a million dollars this cost like this could be literally in theaters you know like Dude. really like i was like my my nerd uh what was i saying my nerd hat was on for for movies you know because i was like man they really did a lot here and yeah. too i was reading that it was shot during covid and they could only have like 10 people on the set at a time. So you keep in mind, they did all of this with a very limited crew. Yeah, it's very impressive. Um, yeah, it, it actually, I forgot about that element. Um, cause that was some of the press kit stuff that, that Holly sent that this was shot during the pandemic and it's really impressive like how they pulled that off to give it such a grand scope with we've like we kind of touched on before it has such a grand scope with so while it while being so concentrated on just a few things uh at a time whether it's chris or the setting or some things that will appear on screen uh it just feels like a big universe very lovecraftian like we've said um but I love the setting of this farmhouse. I love that it's like a contained thriller and we're watching, uh, uh, I think the tagline or a promo for it said, a Lovecraftian descent into madness. Mm. And I think that that's very, very true. Um, this movie's going to fuck with you. <laughs> it was, it's going to mess with you, man. It, it messed with my head, which it's definitely succeeded in its job at doing so. And that setting just makes it so much more personal too. When you're one on one with the character, it's like, man, you're really getting in this guy's head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, you really get you feel a sense of him being surrounded too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, you might have already said that, but I just want to say it again. No, it's all good. We're just catching back up here. Uh, so let's dive into kind of the the meat and potatoes here. So we know it's a Lovecraft movie. We've touched on this a few times, and we've we've dove into it with the Reanimator episode. But I want to throw this to you guys. Uh, as a newbie to Lovecraft horror and then talking to you guys as more experts on that, how, how do you guys feel about the way the themes were conveyed? Was it pretty true to what you know of Lovecraft horror? Um, you know, like just what were your overall thoughts on the Lovecraft executions in the movie and the way the themes were, were put together? Um, I can go first. I, could, I mean, I'll say I, I think that they nailed all the elements of like what makes that kind of thing scary, like the Lovecraftian kind of uh, flavor of horror, especially like the idea of, of going mad, like the idea of madness over, you know, the cosmic unknown and just like the infinity of, you know, just like the concept of of the infinite. Um, I feel like all that stuff was just like pitch perfect. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and like Zach, I think you brought up on the Reanimator episode saying that Lovecraftian horror is the fear of the unknown. It gives you glimpses into the unknown, but it never really stays there too long. It doesn't ever stay its welcome in those areas. So you're constantly what left with this idea of being in the dark about all this stuff, whether it's the cosmic stuff or the other stuff in the movie, you're just kind of always wondering like, what else is there to this? What else is out there? What else, is, what else is out there beyond the farmhouse? What else is out there beyond the stars even? Because it really delves into all that different stuff. And then you throw in the element of losing your mind and being secluded and dealing with death and all of this. And it just compounds for a, a great look at that type of horror. Yeah, and I think I think there's an element to it of what you were saying of like trying to pursue this thing of like finding out what's out there. But then like as an audience or, you know, through the character, you don't really want to find out once you get there because once you find it, you might not be able to handle it. Like you might be, you know, just just total madness, you know, trying to process what's kind of unknowable or, you know, what's just so, you know, beyond our understanding. Like that that to me is like Lovecraftian horror. It's just like you know and they bring that up pretty early on too when they say you find out this stuff you yeah. either live with it and go mad or you commit suicide it's like yeah. when you find out santa claus isn't real <laughs> uh yeah when you took your hat off is when i when i realized that santa is just cc kroll and we've all stuck around and we've all gone a little bit mad we all go a little mad sometimes <laughs> down here <laughs> but uh no i i agree man i i love that we're not given all the answers um i love that we're just given glimpses of what could potentially happen if things go the way of the the darkness the the tragedy and the way of the the what the villain is in the movie um, or what the, what the villainous people in the movie might want. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. I love those I can... little, I love those little peaks at glimpses and some of my favorite shots in the movie are those, those cosmic um, shots in particular one yeah. that I don't remember if it's in the trailer. I'm going to keep it as vague as possible, but a shot of someone looking up at something very, very large. <laughs> yeah, dude, that, that was one of my favorite shots in the movie. That was a great scene. Yeah. I was like in awe, dude, at that scene. I like, I want this to be released in theaters to watch it on the big screen. Like to just there, be sur surrounded by that. Of, it reminded me of Dune, the new Dune that just came out. Yeah, dude. <laughs> just, but could you imagine being surrounded by that sound design and then seeing that on the screen? Like it's like, I'm staring at my laptop screen in the dark, just being like, holy hell, man. Like. Yeah. The, like, What is that? Yeah. And I think they do it a, a couple times too. Um, it's kind of a, a shot that they lean on a few times and I never get tired of it, man. I love it. They show it just enough that it's just perfect the way it's executed. So, um, but yeah, this definitely, it's a thinker of a movie too, because you, you know, the, without giving anything away the the villains of the movie put out on the table what they want and there's some real um 
discussion to be had there with what they're saying, you know, I'm not saying I side with them, but like, there's some, you know, they come at it in a pretty grounded way, you know, kind of sounds like you're siding with them. No, I'm just, <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, it's when there's villains that have like that grounding with them. Yeah. Uh, and you realize why they're searching for what they're searching for or what they're, why they're doing what they're doing, you know, that's the mark like, of a good, like a well-written villain. Yeah, I was exactly. just going to say that too, when you can relate to why they're doing exactly what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And Kevin, I just wanted to emphasize what you said about that, not explaining everything. And that's just such a great thing about horror. And if you look back at the old school horror movies too, like how did Freddy Krueger get into your dreams? They didn't explain that in the first one. Why was Michael Myers killing people? They never explained that in the first one. And that just adds to a good mark of horror in general. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what, like, it throws back to some classic uh, archetypes from the horror genre with not explaining too much. Like, everything is just what it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to talk about without giving anything away because I want to just gush about how great everything is in here. <laughs> um, but, I mean, e even as we get you know, further into the movie, um, the realizations that Chris has about what's happened and, um, you know, the, the things that he overcomes are just, again, so relatable and very much like being used as weapons against the, the unknowable Lovecraftian horror that's going on. Again, it's very psychological meets cosmic Lovecraftian horror. And I think that's a really cool balance that they have. And it's very 50-50. Like, it's equally both. Both of those subgenres are present in the movie. Yeah, and it's kind of using both of those things, like, to, to tell an emotional story about him, like, like Roy was saying earlier, about him dealing with grief and, like, overcoming grief about, you know, like, in this case, it's the loss of his friend and, like, how he kind of overcomes that in the end and you know yeah um without spoilers i know it's tough to to maybe we <laughs> yeah. will do like a follow-up episode when it gets released <laughs> yeah. on dvd we'll actually like dive into it as a as a discussion um yeah this is this is probably going to be a shorter episode just because we're just doing a review we don't want to give too much away um is there a, is there anything else that you guys want to like touch on with older gods anything that stuck out to you so i liked that you were able to follow this movie and understand the basis of what was happening it wasn't so out there that you're like what the hell did i just watch it was a very cohesive story that was explained well but they also left his elements in there that left you wondering yeah like what exactly did happen mm -hmm. what what didn't happen like maybe what was real what wasn't real you know just stuff like that because i don't know in the end you ju it just leaves you thinking and i think that's a mark of a, a not just a good horror movie but a good movie in general is when you can leave it and continue thinking about it it sticks in your head a little bit and that's to me something that is um special about this one yeah that's that's a really good point too and this is something we've touched on on the movie or on the podcast a good bit is levels of ambiguity in the horror in the horror genre it's e for me personally it's either a really good or a really bad move on some movies parts there are movies that 
are so ambiguous that it's brilliant. And there are movies that are so ambiguous that it's actually like infuriating and kind of hurtful to your watching experience that they never tell you anything. I know exactly what you're talking about. There's a trailer for a movie that had just come out, like the trailer just came out, and I can tell it's going to be one of the ones that I'm not going to be happy about. Yeah, and I'll tell you afterwards. Yeah, I'll. I, we won't point any fingers, but it can it can go like south quickly. Yeah, it's going to be one of those bullshit ones where I'm like, you're not going to tell us what's going on, and it's going to be. But this wasn't doing that. Like this, this was. Yeah, there's to one Roy's I, there... point, especially the narrative, like it was a cohesive thing where you were following the character from beginning to end and you were like understanding what was happening. And then it was like okay to do the ambiguity with what was going on and like I, it was totally like fine how they did it. Like it, it's a... it it worked, like it was perfect. It's a fine line to walk and I think they did it well. Yeah. They didn't over explain, they didn't under explain. It was right down the middle, which can be very difficult to do, Zach. You know this as a writer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, again, I just, I think that it's so impressive that in in 80 minutes, they gave you, you know, as we sort of start to bring it home, I think that it's so impressive that on, they use their budget so well and they use this 80 minutes so well that, they give you the character development of Chris and they make you care about him. They give you the motivation for what the villains in the movie are doing. They give you a complete story. I never felt like anything was left open. Uh, and they give you like a, like an intense experience, man. There's some, there's some scary shit in here, man. There's some scenes that really creeped me out. Um, so, I mean, overall, man, like I, it's a glowing review for me, man. I, I think this movie is fantastic. And I think that people need to watch it and give it their full attention. Yeah, I continue to believe that indie horror is where it's at, is where the good stuff's at. Like, that's where the future is. That's where all the good stuff comes from. Like, that's where... You know, the trends are being set. It's all coming from these little gems that, you know, we find that where people started, you know, with limited resources and really put like crazy ideas and styles out there. And I think this will be one that like inspires people for sure. Yeah. So uh, I think that's both our final thoughts on this. Roy, do you want to bring it on home? Oh, man, you're putting all that pressure on me? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so just to go off what Zach said and what I said a little bit earlier is one thing I really liked about this is this isn't something you would see put out by Hollywood. They're not going to take a chance on something that isn't, uh, you know, straightforward, cut and dry. Here's your horror movie. Um, and that's one thing that I really like about this one and indie horror in general. Um you know, tells a cohesive story. It's a creepy story. It's an emotional story. Um, definitely a dramatic one. And two, it's all wrapped up, like you were saying, uh, Kevin, in that nice 80 minutes, which I love. I'm the kind of person that's go, go, go throughout my day. So if I have to sit down and watch something, it's going to be like two and a half, three hours. Like, man, it's kind of a drag for me. But to sit down and watch something that's done so well in a relatively short amount of time, like I have mad respect for that. And just you think back to the 
budget and the crew, the limited crew that they had, and they were able to pull something like this off, like, man, you, you got to respect the effort on that. Absolutely. And if that's a testament to anything, it's a testament to go make, if you want to make a movie, go make a movie. And if you have a story to tell, tell your story. Um, I, I read on IMDb that there was definitely some, some personal stuff that, uh, writer director David, uh, was conveying and kind of, um, processing through making this movie. Uh, and I think that's a really beautiful, amazing thing when you can really get that feeling out there. And I think he succeeded as did the rest of the team. Um, so I think we're just going to leave it there. Everybody listening, uh, this movie's worth your time. You know, I don't, I don't know if there's anything else to be said from the three of us other than it's worth your time. It's a great movie. It's, uh, it's impressive what they were able to pull off. So, you know, on behalf of all three of us on behalf of all of midnight terror or on behalf of all of midnight terrors, congrats to everybody at Wagyu films, uh, for, for making an amazing movie. Yeah. The whole um, crew, absolutely. man. Yeah. Every, everybody involved. Like everybody nailed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Awesome job. So uh, I think we're just going to leave it there again, kind of a shorter episode, but this is our endorsement for you to go see the movie. Uh, so go check it out on Amazon prime. It's available to rent and purchase on there. It's available to stream on Tubi, um, but go support it. Go, go purchase the movie. It, you know, go rent it, go put money towards, towards these people so that we can keep seeing great films uh, from them and and then share share it out spread the word if you if you liked it share it out to people that that listen and let's let's get this film out there to people so thank you to Wagyu Films and Holly and the entire team for sending this to us uh, we love the film and uh, we can't wait to see what else y'all do so this is a, a quick review from Midnight Terrors let's plug our guests and their socials real quick before we get out of here and we'll call it a day so Zach where can everybody check you out buddy uh, yeah, so I'm ZC Kroll. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, and I have a novella called Severment on Amazon, which you can get uh, on the Kindle or in paperback. And it's also on Audible. There's an audiobook. <laughs> and then yeah. I have a, And then I have a podcast, Kevin, <laughs> called The Creepy Crowley <laughs> that you can find on Spotify. Roy breaks every time you do this, man. How did I do? <laughs> did, did you did really well that time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Roy, you wanna you wanna plug your stuff real quick? Sure. You can find me on Instagram, author underscore honeybrook. There you can find a link to my Amazon page, and that's where you're gonna find all of my books. Latest one out is called New Year's Killing Eve. We're getting to that time of year. It's the holiday season. So if you want a uh, good New Year's themed zombie shooting good time, be sure to check that one out. Read it. It's good. It's very good. Well, thank you guys. That really means a lot to me. So, so those are my plugs. The Severment's really good too. Right? <laughs> Check out the audiobook. Listen to Midnight Terrors. It's really good. It's a great <laughs> podcast. And now you're lying. So we're going to stop there. <laughs> uh, but hey, thank you everybody for listening. This has been the Midnight Terrors podcast. Thank you to ZC Kroll and R. Jacob Honeybrook for joining me. And thank you to Wagyu Films and the team behind Older Gods for sending this to us. It was an honor to work with them and to uh, get our thoughts out about this great movie. So that's it for the podcast for right now. Get in touch with us at Midnight Terrors Podcast or under Midnight Terrors Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. 
shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our T Public store if you want to pick up a shirt, hoodie, or a sticker with our logo on it. Uh, join our Facebook group under Midnight Terrors Podcast. Come talk some horror with uh, all of our wonderful people in there. And, you know, stay in touch with us and keep an eye out for more podcast goodness coming at you soon. This is the Midnight Terrors Podcast, and we'll see you all again soon. Peace. Peace.